Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast. Your source for sports entertainment. Incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter. That's how you get in touch with us. It's Sports Garden, G A R T E N, hashtag S G N 855, the number four, G A R T E N, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates. That's where you can hear us. Sportsgarden.com. Lots more content over there. And make sure you listen every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, 11 to 1 Eastern Time. But it's a national show. It's Wanna Bet. Weekend edition. We got a lot to do today, guys. And I have to tell you, look, college football is right here. College football is right in front of us. So we're going to talk college football all day today. We're going to talk college football um, on a betting perspective. We'll take a look at week one. Week one starts this Saturday. And I know a lot of teams aren't going week one. And a lot of teams are, you know, you're kind of waiting for the next weekend. I get it. But you can start making money immediately. We'll talk some futures plays. And we'll talk that week one games where we do have an intriguing game. Look, Nebraska-Northwestern, the line has already been moving. It's being played in Ireland. So we have some intrigue for sure. I also have a couple of plays that I like in week one. So we'll get into everything. But it's going to be a college football-laden show today. The first thing I want to talk about is, look, when you're talking about college football and you're talking about futures plays, so many guys get kind of turned off. And they get turned off of everything because college football has become such a regionalized situation. And I've talked about this for years. It's so regionalized now. And I can tell the story that I've told on the air before. A friend of mine is a massive, massive Alabama fan. He lives and breathes Alabama, loves everything about Alabama. And I don't mean to just pick on him because I have quite a few friends like this. I have Florida State friends like this. I have North Carolina friends like this. Um, I have friends all over the country. I have a or Washington Husky fan like this, they are huge, huge fans of that team. And in a sports betting world, you see people, huge fans of a conference or very smart with a conference, but they can't tell you anything outside of that. And they'll say, oh, I'm a huge college football fan, huge college football fan. And you go, okay, well, you love Alabama. I can tell you everything. Tell you Alabama, tell you LSU. Let's get into Georgia. Oh, they're going to win. And you go, okay, um, Who's the quarterback for, uh, you know, uh, Oregon State? Well, I don't know. Okay, how are you a huge college football fan? You don't get that in any other sports. In college basketball, everybody sort of knows everybody. In the NFL, you certainly do. Uh, Baseball, yeah. Even hockey, which is regionalized, you know other players, you know other teams. College football, it's such blinders on. And I want to make sure that in a betting situation, you don't have those blinders on. You don't have the blinders on to just your specific conferences. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's extremely important to focus on conferences when you're betting on sports. 
when you're betting on college basketball, I have made a career betting on the Ivy Leagues. I like to concentrate on that. But that doesn't mean I don't understand what's going on around the country. I don't know what's going on. Because there's always value plays. I, I always find it kind of interesting when you do talk to college football fans that they are the elite teams and they just think nothing of teams ranked inside the top 25. Do you mean I can only make money on SEC? Do you mean I can only make money on, on Alabama? Are you telling me I can only make money on the big boys? No, absolutely not. So that right there is something to really, really focus on. That when the big games come out, when the Georgia, Alabama, the lines makers are going to make sure those lines are absolutely accurate, absolutely dead on. But if you have a UConn-Syracuse game, maybe not so much, right? How about, you know, Wyoming-Nevada? Maybe the line's off. Maybe the total's off there because the attention isn't being paid. So the smaller conferences are always great. But even if it's not the smaller conferences, make sure you don't fall into the malaise of, okay, this is my conference, this is what I know, and that's all I'm going to know. Hey, you could be an expert in that conference. Be an expert. I love that. Focus in on that conference. But don't only know that conference. Make sure you're aware of the other conferences that are out there. All right, let's start talking about the college football season itself. This is the year of the quarterback. At least that's what they're telling us for the draft that's coming up. But we always start looking at the draft. I mean, you can look at the draft and you can start to get prepared for it. And it gives you a little idea about the year of the quarterback. Last year, we knew coming out, there wasn't that great quarterback class. That it, was, it was a little underwhelming. This year is the year of the quarterback. And it's the year of the quarterback, not only for the draft, but it's going to be really, really important when you're turning around and you're talking about quarterbacks over the course of the season. So, you know, when you start to talk about quarterback play, it is the elite play. There are certain teams that are going to win just because of their quarterback. There are certain quarterbacks that are going to elevate their team. I always like to find the quarterbacks that, you know, you look at and you go, they're fantastic. They are a top pick, even though they may not be on a big team. Everybody knows about C.J. Straub. Everyone knows about Bryce Young. We understand that. They are looking to take this into the next level. They are going to be both probably top five picks, maybe maybe picks one and two. Um, you know, Will Anderson might have something to say about that. But you have a lot more, right? Caleb Williams is somebody to talk about him at USC. You look at, you know, from Oklahoma, Daniel Gabriel, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. Yeah, he's underrated. He's somebody to talk about. What about in Texas? Quinn Ewers was just named the starter. So we do have quarterbacks throughout the league that really can turn heads. How much are we going to put an onus on these guys? Well, by the betting window, we understand the, the sports bettors, they love to look at starting quarterbacks and they love to over-evaluate starting quarterbacks. Now, that's not to say that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to get any more money. No, look, they play for Ohio State and Alabama. Ohio State and Alabama, there's a very good chance they're playing for the national championship at the end of this year. Ohio State and Alabama are not going to get any more love because their quarterbacks are fantastic. They're not going to get any more attention. They are Alabama. They are Ohio State. They're going to get attention anyway. They're going to be overvalued anyway. We just know that. Okay, and you could kind of, I guess, look, you could probably say the same thing about like a Caleb Williams, right? Um, Oklahoma, kind of the same thing. I know, you know, it's a new coaching change there, but kind of the same thing. But a Tyler Van Dyke in Miami. Miami's a team that will get a lot of public money. And all of a sudden, if this guy explodes and Miami all of a sudden looks really good right out of the gate and he looks fantastic right out of the gate, bam, all of a sudden they may be overbet. Uh, from Texas, uh, the Longhorns are dying dying 
to be kind of the attention team. They are going to push him down our throats, and you're going to look at Quinn, and you're going to go, hey, look, this is the guy. So from a quarterback perspective, sure, this is going to be a great year overall. You're going to see dynamic quarterback play around the league. But understand from a betting perspective with the quarterbacks, there's a tendency with some of the mid-range quarterbacks to get overpriced. And we don't have to go back that far. Last year at this time, I had people come on the show telling me about Sam Howell was out of his mind. He was so good, so great. And what happened? The futures plays for USC went up. uh, uh, UNC, I should say, went up. The team total for UNC went up. Everything kind of went crazy all of a sudden when you're talking about, uh, you know, Sam Howell. And Howell was overbet almost the entire year. He was overbet. And UNC did not have a very good year. UNC had a fine year, but they didn't have a great year. They didn't cover, uh, you know, to a crazy amount. Their lines were inflated. They He made them inflated. And you go, okay, that's the impact it would have. What about Hartman over uh, in Wake Forest, speaking about North Carolina? Hartman in Wake Forest, look, this guy was going to be all everything, okay? He's got tremendous talent. Now he's going to be out. We don't know how long he could be out for the year. We don't know. But the lines have already gone crazy. I talked about it on the show before where Wake Forest's team totals went down. Everything dropped. He was a Heisman guy uh, inside the top 20 or so for the Heisman Trophy. All these things went crazy. Now, do we see a full regression? Do we see people over-regressing and over-analyzing? Most of the time, yes, Because it's a quarterback, because it's a high-profile, even though he's not a national guy, but a high-profile quarterback, we are going to see lines being skewed because of quarterbacks. So it may be the year of the quarterback in college football, and I think that it is the year of the quarterback in college football. That doesn't mean that you're going to still get value on these guys, and we have to watch the line movements because of the hype of the quarterback. So it could be the year of the quarterback. I'm talking about the hype of the quarterback. So while it's a year of the quarterback, like I said, okay, we have to talk about it in a betting perspective. There is some volatility there. The other thing that really threw a, a monkey wrench in sports betters' minds is the transfer portal. You know, when, when it was announced, I look at everything from a fan's perspective, an analyst's perspective, and a sports betting expert. I look at everything in three different situations. And in all three situations, I looked at it and I said, you know, This is going to be very difficult for the fan. I know, like I said, it's very regionalized. So a lot of teams, uh, people don't know who's going where, and it's hard to follow players. So you follow programs and coaches. Okay. But it was going to be hard for the fan. As an analyst, I said, this is going to really be tough to really sit back, find out how does somebody integrate into an offense that maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't know the coach. We can't figure it out. So As a fan, I think it was going to be very tough. As an analyst, it's going to be very, very hard to kind of guess and take educated guesses and take experienced guesses to how guys can incorporate through the transfer portal and whatnot. And then from a sports betting expert perspective, it's tough. It is tough because of two things. Number one, we know that the general public doesn't know about the portal. They don't know how impactful guys can be moving in the portal. They don't understand how it could jump up like that. They don't understand how one player can fit a system differently. So maybe you can get an advantage here or there with the portal because the public just doesn't know. I mean, that that is instinct one, right? Because they just simply don't know. Maybe you can get a bump up like that. But there's also the idea of, well, while we think we know, we don't really know either. The 
portal has has changed the landscape of the sport as we know it. Right? I mean, we, we know it. You look at a team, you know, like an Alabama, like a Georgia, like a Clemson, like Ohio State, like a, these top teams, and they're already set. Everything's ready. And they go, ah, oh, guy goes down. Or, oh, you know what? They're just kind of missing that one position. Boom, go grab him. Go grab him from a good program. Right? Go grab him from a good program. Teams this year, like USC and LSU, added huge teams, huge players through the portal. Nebraska added players. Texas added players in the portal. So the problem for me with the portal is that really, when you look at it, good teams are going to only get, a, get better. And the smaller teams are not going to be able to have a, a chance to compete. But from a sports betting perspective, before I get on, on my soapbox about the portal, from a sports betting perspective, it really is something that you have to concentrate on. It's almost, you know, and I see people going, oh, it doesn't really matter. You know, they got this guy, they got that. No, 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 it does matter. It's almost like not paying attention to free agency during any sport. I mean, the NBA has really taken control of the news cycle and serving free, you know, free agency, but the NFL is gaining, and of course, Major League Baseball is there. But imagine just not paying attention to free agency and just hoping that the chips fall where they may. Well, that's most of the public, guys. Most of the betting public out there do not know who was stolen from a transfer portal, who went where, who went to this team. Most of the betting public, they don't know these things. So it does give us an advantage in sports betting, but it also throws a lot of monkey wrenches in, which uh, makes it a little bit more difficult. It also does that. Yeah, I liken it. Somebody asked me this not long ago, and I was being interviewed, and they said, what are the biggest changes in sports betting? And they wanted me to have an explanation that, well, mobile sports betting and legalized sports betting and all of that is certainly obvious. But one of my biggest things that I said about the uh, the differences in sports betting now than it was you know, even 10 years ago or so, in Major League Baseball, it's the opener. I, I think the opener puts a monkey wrench into things all over the place because you don't know. A lot of sports bettors, and I was one of them for a long time, for a decade plus, I only really bet on the starting pitcher and the ability for the starting pitcher to give me a good outing, to go seven, eight innings, to, to get deep into the games. Well, those days are over. And now you have an opener. And Major League Baseball, I've given the stats on this network before. In Major League Baseball, the opener covers, right? I mean, the opener is hitting over 60%. So you get an opener, and, and that's the thing. People go against it. They don't know. Oh, well, Jeffrey Springs is pitching for Tampa Bay. Uh, he's only going to go, you know, two, three innings. Uh, it doesn't look that good. Well, you know what? They win and they cover then. And I, I feel like I may be talking about the same sort of things with the portal in years to come. We may be talking about a position where the recruiting class is certainly, it's posted up. It's on ESPN. Everybody looks at, oh, the number one recruiting class. Oh, it's a recruit. Oh, Jimbo Fisher, big time recruiting class, right? I, I think we may start to get into a position where not only are we looking at the recruiting class and we have that up for all eyes to see, we may devolve in college football into a position where who won the transfer portal? We'll have graphics. We'll have shows. We'll have transfer portal experts just talking about who won the transfer portal, what position won the transfer portal, who's going to, to steal a guy from here, or who's going to steal a guy from there. If you don't, get into the weeds with the transfer portal. And you don't get yourself 
into a position where you're, you're kind of behind the eight ball and you're not really understanding. And you look at the transfer portal as a secondary recruitment, then I think you're going to be okay. If you look at the transfer portal as a secondary recruiting stop, because most of the teams that are going to crush it in the transfer portal are the teams that recruit well. It's the same style. You're really just recruiting guys. They just happen to be on another team, but you're really just recruiting guys. So you can find disgruntled guys here and there and try to target and try to get ahead of it. No, 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 I'm not talking about any of that. What I'm saying is that just follow the best coaches and how they're going to recruit. And I think the transfer portal really does have a major impact on college football. So for me, when you start to look at this college football season, and we will get into my preview when I'm going to talk about the top teams, I'm going to talk about you know how top-heavy it is. We'll get into the odds and whatnot, especially about the Heisman as well. I want to get into some Heisman conversation. For me, the college football season is more than just the playoff four. For me, the college football season is more than just the teams that are obvious, the teams that are going to be on national TV, the teams that are, are signing all these lucrative deals and the, these, you know, basically we're going to be sitting here and we're going to have about one conference in America. Well, it's a lot more about differences there, especially in the betting market. If you look at my betting numbers over the course of the last 10 years, I have bet at least triple the amount of non-Power 5 conference games than I have a Power 5 conference game. I, I used to love the, the midweek MAC tournaments and things like that. I used to love those games because there is some value there. So this is not a preview to tell you, hey, we're going to talk about the big teams. We are. We're going to talk about that next segment. I'm going to talk about all the big teams and all the big Heisman and all that because you know what? That pushes the narrative. But at the end of the day, I'm going to make more money this year on teams like Wyoming, on teams like Memphis, on teams like North Texas, on teams like UConn. I'm going to make more money on, on teams like Southern, Southern Alabama than I am on Alabama. I'm going to make more money on teams. Uh, I already have a bet in against on a Georgia team. It's not Georgia. I'm betting against Georgia Tech, right? I'm going the other way. Georgia State, Southern Georgia, I'll bet more times this year than the Georgia Bulldogs. Because those are so highlighted games, guys, that the sports books are not going to get those games wrong. They're going to precisely nail that number. And you have to understand when you start to get into these kind of situations, the lower conferences are really your moneymaker. You talk about the portal, and I just talked about the portal, and I wanted to find this, where who's coming there? Oh, man, Texas got this guy. Miami got a great, oh, great portal. And Ohio State got a great portal. Where did they leave from? Where did they go? I'm an Ivy League expert. The Ivy League's lost a couple of guys to the portal. And I'm going, ooh, that's a big loss. Dartmouth lost. Oh, that, oh that's a big loss. The transfer portal will be looked at from one direction and one direction only, and that is who obtained the best talent. And rightfully so, I get that. But the transfer portal also is taking away, and it's taking away from smaller teams. And that one guy leaving can be the difference between a team being good and a team being terrible. It really can. The biggest difference between the Power 5 teams and the other teams in the country is depth. Alabama could lose a top player, replace him because he's standing right there. So the other conferences, the smaller teams, the mid-level teams, they can't have that guy go down. They can't lose that guy. If they lose that guy, they're in trouble. Now, now they're not losing him to an injury. He's getting ripped off of their team from one of the big boys. 
That is going to have a profound impact in college football. That's going to have a profound impact in sports betting. So you've got to not only know how important the portal transfer is, you've got to not only know who is going to excel in getting guys in the transfer portal, you've got to know what kind of wake of destruction it leaves for the mid-level and mid-conference teams. Those lower teams that are getting decimated because they lose top talent to the portal can be bet on just as much as the team that stole them. They could be bet on just as much as an Alabama-Georgia because you took that player and now they're a weaker team. But the line's not going to reflect that because people don't understand how important that player can be. Make sure that we do. All right, let's take a quick timeout. We'll be back with a lot more college football talk right after this on Wagering Week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get to gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on what are the odds? Okay, guys, what are the odds? Oh, well, we have a lot of odds, and we have the championship odds for the champion for college football this year. Alabama Crimson Tide are less than a 2-1 to favorite. They're about plus 190. Ohio State comes in at 3-1. to Georgia Bulldogs plus 350. Clemson Tigers are 8-1. to USC is 20-1. to Texas A&M 25-1. to Then it jumps up. 50-1 to for Oklahoma. 50-1 to for Michigan. 50-1 to for Notre Dame. 80 to 1 for Texas, 80 to 1 for Utah. And you get into the 100 to 1s Okie State, Wisconsin, Miami, Penn State, LSU, Tennessee are all 100 to 1. 120 to 1 or more. Oregon, Florida, 150 to 1. Arkansas, Baylor, North Carolina State, Ole Miss, Kentucky, 200 to 1 or more. Nebraska, South Carolina, Michigan State, North Carolina, Washington Huskies, Mississippi State. Auburn Tigers, US, uh, UCLA, Iowa, Wake Forest, TCU. And then you get into the real long shots, 250 or more to one. West Virginia, Cal, UCF, Florida State, Louisville, Iowa State, Boston College, Pitt, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Purdue, Virginia, Ohio State, Oregon State, Indiana, and Maryland. That is what are the odds. Uh, you know, look, let, let's break down the odds. And I like to do this with every sport, and it, it kind of just goes uh, in a very easy way when we're talking about college football. I do this in every sport, and you just kind of go, okay, we're going to eliminate. We're just going to take out uh, take out our big, giant black band and just go, right? So all of these teams that are 250 to one or more, I, I mean, come on, Maryland, Indiana, Oregon State, Virginia, Purdue, Cincinnati, yeah, Cincinnati, Minnesota, Pitt, Boston College, Iowa State, Louisville, Florida State, UCF, Cal, West Virginia, TCU, Wake Forest, all can just be crossed directly off. They just, they just can. 
And I know, look, my wife is a Florida State alumni. I'm, far, I'm close to the Florida State program. You can say, well, things come together and they had a really good draft class or a recruiting class and Florida State's got the schedule that could happen. And if they beat Clemson and uh, no, 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 just cross them off from a betting perspective. Do not fall into the trap of, well, it's huge odds. So maybe there's a chance. No, there's no, there, there's no chance. There's no chance. And it's the same thing with, with an Iowa. Look, I think I was going to be good again. Why? Because I was good every year. I was always good. I think they could be top 10. They could be top 10. Sure. Do I think Iowa has any prayer in a college football playoff taking on the big boys and walking away with not one but two wins? No, it's not going to happen. So Iowa, UCLA, Auburn. I know I'm going to get some hate mail from Auburn fans. Mississippi State, Washington, North Carolina, Michigan State, South Carolina, Nebraska, Kentucky, Ole Miss, North Carolina State, Baylor, Arkansas, Florida Gators. I'm crossing them all off. They're all gone. Even Oregon. I'm crossing Oregon off also. So now we get into the long shots that might tempt people. And this is really the conversation that you need to start to have because I'm still with my black pen. I'm still here with my marker crossing teams off. I am not in any position to sit back and have a conversation, a serious conversation, that some of these teams could win the national championship because that's what you're doing here, okay? Tennessee, I think Tennessee is going to be improved. I love their quarterback. No, no chance for a national championship. LSU, no chance. Penn State, absolutely not. Miami, everybody loves. I, I just mentioned, I just mentioned Van Dyke. I, everybody likes Miami. New head at the top, new culture, no more stupid chain on the sideline. There's a lot of good things in Miami. Not winning a national championship. There's not. They're just not winning a national championship. Okay, can we can we end that? Oklahoma State could have a good year, not winning a national championship. Wisconsin could have a good year. They're not winning a national championship. Utah. Utah could have a great year. Not winning a national championship. So to me, you know, look, there's, there's the top 10. I have officially eliminated every one of the teams that I just talked about. Every single team that I just talked about, I have just taken a black pen and eliminated. And you're going to be upset. But I don't even think that there's 10 teams in this country that could win the national championship because I don't believe that Texas can. I do not believe the Texas Longhorns can go through a complete season, go completely undefeated, which is what they're going to have to do to get that number and then, and then win in the national title game. No, no, I don't see that happening. So I'm eliminating the Texas Longhorns. Notre Dame. Oh, here we go. You want to talk about hate mail. Here goes the Notre Dame fan. Notre Dame can do it. Listen, Notre Dame is going to have to fight and claw and scratch and do everything they possibly can. And I get that their new coach is exciting. I get he's got you guys ramped up, but they're going to have to do all of that, all of that work, all of that, that real tough work throughout the year just to get there. And then they're outmatched. They're just outmatched. So to me, guys, they're not a real contender. There's eight teams that have a legitimate shot at winning the national championship. There are eight teams that we could really sit here and talk about. There are only eight teams. And let's be honest, it's probably less than eight. So let's get into that. So we look at the odds and we look at, uh, you know, Harbaugh's team, 50 to one to win the national championship. It's almost, it's almost dangling it in front of your face. It's almost begging you to take that. 
But before I upset the Michigan fans, because I love Harbaugh and I like what Michigan's doing. And I think that Michigan does have some interesting pieces this year. I think that their line is still going to be uh, tremendous. I think that their offense can get a, actually a little bit of a boost up. I really do like the way that Michigan goes about their business. They play defense the way that I like them to play defense. I like that, that in college football. The reality is this. Everything fell into place for them last year. They had a magical year and they were just, uh, just not even close to a national championship in regards to on the field play. They just weren't. And I have to say almost the same thing about Oklahoma, who was also 50 to one. Oklahoma certainly could come out of that conference without a problem. Oklahoma can get into the final four. And you go, well, at 50 to one, that makes a lot of sense. Look, they can get into the field. But how are we heaping all this praise on a coach who's got now going to leave, on a quarterback who's now going to leave? We're going to heap all this praise on them and say that they're going to be perfectly fine? Uh, is that really what we're going to do? So I don't look at them as serious title contenders. Now, hedging opportunity, we'll get into in a moment. But do I look at them? I don't look at either one of them as serious title contenders. They may fight for a playoff spot. They may fight to get in it. They may scratch and claw and get into the four, but they're not winning it. So again, here we go. I'm down to six guys. I'm down to six teams that actually have a chance to win the national championship. And I get it. Michigan fans, Notre Dame fans, you guys are going to be upset. Ah, how can you just eliminate us? Because I'm talking about to win a national championship. I'm not talking about a really good season. I'm not talking about getting into the college football playoff. I'm not talking about opening up eyes. I'm not talking about having moral victories. I am talking about winning it all. Do you have an opportunity to truly win it all? I'm eliminating teams as we go. And I don't think it's an unfair advantage here for anybody or an unfair situation here for anybody to sit and say that I'm doing it wrong. So here we go. Let's keep eliminating. Texas A&M. Doesn't it seem that every year we sit around and we talk about a team, whoever it might be, that will shock everybody and get into it and, and really, oh, yeah, they're going to be the team. Look, They have tremendously good odds this year uh, for, I, I mean, bad odds for sports betters, but tremendously good odds for a team that, to me, just has never shown consistency. I mean, what? look, just because Jimbo Fisher's there and he's in a rivalry with, with Nick Saban doesn't mean that they're going to be a serious contender. Can they win a game here and there? Absolutely, they, they certainly can. They can come up, they could shock some teams. But in order to win a national championship, you've got to win multiple games in a row. And in the SEC, particularly, you have to win the SEC championship game and then generally two rounds. Uh, you go out there, you play Sam Houston, Appalachian State. They do have a good game September 17th against Miami. That'll be a good contest. Arkansas at Mississippi State. October 8th at Alabama. October 8th at Alabama. And by the way, that is a string of three road games at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina. The, the schedule's brutal, guys. Schedule's brutal. Now, they can lose that game and still continue to have a good season. Ole Miss, Florida, at Auburn, and then UMass, LSU, and then that, uh, the SEC championship game. Look, at Auburn, at South Carolina, at Alabama, at Mississippi State, these are not easy games. Miami's not an easy game. Hell, Appalachian State's not an easy game. LSU's not a an easy game. And I know they're at home. I don't get what people are looking at with this Texas A&M team. You are putting yourself into a position by betting Texas A&M 
that they are one of the elites of the elites. And it's just not reality. Jimbo Fisher has never shown that he can consistently win time and time again. Jimbo Fisher has never shown that he can consistently go out there and, and day in and day out and game in and game out. His kids are going to be ready to take on elite competition all the time. No, I don't see it. So they're eliminated. We're down to five. We're down to five, and I'm going, we shouldn't be down to five because USC is ridiculously overpriced. I get it. New players, new transfer portal, good recruiting class. Oh, the genius coach of all the greatest coaches of all time. Oh, yeah, it's going to come over. It takes more than just a quick fix, guys. This is not going to just happen immediately at USC. First of all, USC is in a conference where they have to have they have to go up against Oregon. They're going to have to take on Utah. Both of those teams have a good claim to be better than USC. Both of those teams have a real good claim to be better. I think Utah is, but both of them have a claim to be better. And oh, by the way, they have to go to Utah. Here's the USC schedule. You have got in the Pac-12... I don't think you could lose a game and get into the national championship. You got to go undefeated and win the Pac-12 championship, by the way. Their schedule, Rice at Stanford, not a layup. Fresno State, not a layup, but okay. We're going to give them 3-0. At Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State. Hey, look, they could be and they should be 6-0 going into Utah. You're not winning at Utah. October 15th, you're not winning at Utah. Then you go at Arizona, Cal, Colorado at UCLA, not a layup game. And then Notre Dame at the end. I, I look at the schedule and I go, I, I see three losses. But I don't have to be completely wrong about three losses. They also have to win the Pac-12 championship game. And then they got to continue on. I don't think they beat Utah. I'm not sure they beat UCLA. And I don't know if they beat Notre Dame, even at home. So you can't have it both ways here, guys. Right? You, you, you can't have... Him being the greatest coach of all time, but Oklahoma perfectly being in, in, right there. Oh, yeah, Oklahoma's right there. And then put USC here. I think USC is massively, massively overrated right now. Massively overbet right now. The ticket count coming in on USC is, is astronomical. So I'm down to four. And I believe that there are four teams that could win the national championship. I believe that these are the four teams. Alabama, just under two to one. Ohio State, three to one. Georgia Bulldogs plus 350, Clemson 8-1. That's it. Which means I am completely out on betting a futures play. I, I can't go out there and bet a futures play. You gotta be kidding me. Because I don't like any of the, the rewards, basically, that are coming back. You know, Clemson had a quarterback that was going to be the next guy. Well, you know what? You lose Travis Etienne. You lose Trevor Lawrence. You lose uh, maybe the best defensive front that we've seen in the in college football in a long time. You lose all that, you're going to lose. And they they kind of anointed DJ as the guy. Why? Because they have they had Deshaun Watson, then they had Trevor Lawrence, and they just assumed that Dabo would get him perfectly fine with DJ. And look, he's still a talented, talented youngster. Okay, they didn't have this disaster season at ten and three last year. They didn't have this pathetic kind of season that everybody wants to make them out to seem to, to be. They finished 14th overall. It's all on DJ's shoulders. Clemson is in a conference where they should win relatively easy. Clemson is in a conference where, and this is not to uh, you know bash the ACC. Well, maybe it is. 
But I, I don't mean uh, to bash the the ACC. But look, they're in a conference where they should steamroll in most of these teams. They, if they're if they're a title contender, they don't really have that tough game on the schedule at all. Georgia Tech, they should humiliate. I, I'd be, Georgia Tech may not score a point. Furman, La Tech, Wake Forest was ranked 22. They lost a starting quarterback. That Yeah, no. NC State, oh, that's a top 15 team, right? NC State, that could be their competition. Well, no, NC State is going to Clemson. Boston College, Florida State, Syracuse, Louisville, South Carolina. Now, you do have to go to Notre Dame, and they do take on Miami at home. Here's the thing with Clemson, though. If they win the ACC championship, they could lose one of these games. They could lose the game to Notre Dame. And then they also get, they could lose that game to Notre Dame and they get NC State and Miami both at home. So I think Clemson will be in the picture, you know, but at eight to one, it's not tempting enough because they do have three tough games on their schedule, although they should steamroll just about everybody else. Let's talk about Ohio State. Three to one here. Look, Ohio State's offense looks Fantastic. And I was asked on the air, you know, well, why do you think that they're, that they're going to look so good? I, I think that their offense is going to break every record. They were the number one offense in the league last year, yet they were outside the top 25 in scoring inside the red zone. I think that fixes it. C.J. Stroud is going to fix that. Stroud is, is, is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. I think he absolutely fixes those kind of issues. So Ohio State is in a tough conference. We know that. But they're going to be able to score, 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 score at will. And here's the thing. Here's why I think that there's a little value on Ohio State to win the national championship, even though it's only three to one, so I won't touch it. But here's why. Because if you're going to beat one of the SEC big boys, the Georgia or the Alabama, which I'll get to in a moment, if you're going to beat one of them, or you're going to beat a Michigan, you've got to just outscore them. You're not playing better defense than them. And forget about running the ball and all that. No, no, no. You're going to have to just score, 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 and score some more. And you have to hope that one of those offenses can't keep up. And CJ Stroud is a guy that will dare them to try to keep up. So I do see uh, some value there. I do see some value on Ohio State. Even though it's three to one, I probably won't bet it. I see what, what people are jumping in on. And you go to Georgia, 350. They lost a lot. They lost a lot of their defense. They lost a, a lot of, of guys that were going, oh man, they were eye-poppingly good. 15 players went in the NFL draft. That's a record. 15 players, yet they're right there. And they will be right there, and they will be loaded, and they will be rocking, and, and they're going to be everything that you expect Georgia to be. Georgia's program is fantastic. Georgia's coaching is fantastic. But it's fair to ask if they could go out there, throw it all on the field without 15 players, and compete. And go out, out there and go back to a national championship game. You know, it is fair to go out there and to question that at 350, it's just too rich for my blood. Now, do I think they go undefeated? I, I mean, they have some trip-up games. Right away against Oregon could be that trip-up game, sure. Samford, Kent State, South Carolina, Missouri, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Florida at home, by the way. Uh, Tennessee at home, by the way. Mississippi State, Georgia Tech, they're going to humiliate. Guys, there's one trip-up game. Because it's all, Georgia's not losing at home. They're not losing to Florida or Tennessee at home. Okay, one trip up game, Kentucky. They're not losing to Kentucky. Georgia's going undefeated, okay? I have no doubt about that. And plus 350, Georgia's going undefeated. 
But undefeated doesn't mean a national championship. Undefeated does not mean that you're going to be able to go through Alabama. And, and that's the team that we're looking at here. Alabama, you look at what they do year in and year out, and there are years that I am down on Alabama. There are years that I look at Alabama and I go, yeah, I don't know. This may not be the team. They, they are the favorite for a reason. They don't really have many trip-up games. They've got about two or three that could deter them. Utah State's not going to do it. They do have to go to Texas. Now, I think they win that game, and I think they're going to be favored in that game by uh, more than a touchdown, maybe by double digits in Texas. Still not a, a layup game. Monroe, Vanderbilt. I know they got to go to Arkansas. I'm not as worried about that game as a lot of Alabama fans are. Texas A&M, we talked about it. It's at home. But the thing is, the next week, and this is the schedule. This, this is the part of the schedule. Because the Mississippi States, the LSUs, they're dangerous games, right? I mean, LSU going in there, that's a dangerous game on November 5th. Auburn, always a dangerous game. I think Alabama has a rough schedule. But playing October 1st at Arkansas, coming home to take on Texas A&M with the bad blood there, and then taking on Tennessee the next week, back to back to back, three-week stretch there, back to back to back, where you could get tripped up in any one of those spots. Any one of those spots you could get tripped up. So, again, I think Alabama probably should be number one. I think Alabama probably wins the national championship. It's set up for Alabama-Georgia once again. It's all there. But I'm not laying and getting only, what, only two to one back on it? Not getting plus 351 back up, back it up. Not taking Ohio State plus 300 back to it. No, I don't see any value in the team that's going to win the national championship. I think that down the road, we have some teams coming up. We have some teams that could compete. But this year, look, it is just what it is. All right, guys, let's go bet to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet, bet to the to future. The future. All right, guys, let's go bet to the future. Bet to the future brings us, well, the future, which is the Heisman Trophy odds. C.J. Stroud, 2-1 to one favorite. Bryce Young, plus 350. Caleb Williams, plus 7-1. to one. Will Anderson's 20-1. to one. B. John Robinson's 20-1. to one. DJ is 25-1. to one. Quinn Ayers, 28-1. to one. Dylan Gabriel's 30-1. to one. They get into Jamar Gibbs is 30-1. to one. Tyler Van Dyke, 40-1. to one. Anthony Richardson's 50-1. to one. Uh, Kedon Slovis is 50 to 1. JT Daniels is 50 to 1, and so on. And that is bet to the future. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't love betting on the Heisman. Um, I, I don't really do it often. I'm going down the list and I'm going, you, you get you get Tua's brother, right? You get Tua's brother at 125 to 1. I don't think he wins it. I don't, I don't think you're going to give it to somebody from. Uh, Maryland. I don't think so, uh, but it, it's an interesting one. How about um, what Spencer Rattler? Anyone want to take a, sh- a shot on Spencer Rattler? Uh, Jaden Daniels, Will Levis might be the best quarterback in the country. I just don't think he's going to do enough to, for the team. Is going to do enough. Same thing with Hendon Hooker, the quarterback for Tennessee, sixty-six to one. I like it. I like it, but but I, I don't think we're going to get enough. I mean, Van Dyke is getting pushed to 41. It's not high enough for me. Um, I, You know, I, I don't really see anything. I mean, Will Anderson is not going to win it, even though he's going to be probably the number one pick in the draft. The best defensive player that's coming along in a while, the linebacker out of um, Alabama. I mean, Stroud makes sense. He's going to be on that dynamic offense. His, his numbers are almost going to be to a point where where – 
you can't not give it to him. So he makes sense, but I'm not, I'm not laying that. I, I'm really not. I don't see much value in any of those games, in any of those uh, Heisman future odds. But I did want to make a point. Look, when we talk about odds on who's going to win and, and we talk about these great odds, it's not only, and I've made this point many times before, guys, so I'm going to make it again here. It's not only about do you think they're going to win the championship? It's really about can you hedge? So, uh, for example, I like Utah. I have Utah at 80 to 1 odds. I think Utah makes a lot of sense at 80 to 1 because I think they can win the Pac 12. I think they can get into it. And if you get a team into the championship with 80 to 1 odds, you could hedge and make money. So, I kind of gave you who I think is going to win. But if you are a guy that loves Notre Dame and you love the value and you think you could hedge that out, okay, sure. You know, but you got to kind of make sure that they get there. You know, they have to get to the playoff. And that's why I kind of like Utah because at 80 to 1, the, the payoff is so enormous that I could take a shot. I, I could start to hedge all day long. I could start to hedge before the Pac-12 championship game. I could start to hedge there. So as long as the payoff is massive like that, if you think they could get to the championship game, you can hedge it out and really make sure that you make money. You know, winning a futures bet is not only really is not always winning the futures bet. Does that make sense? It's not always who's are you going to win the futures bet. It's can you get to a point to make money? And if you can get to a point to make money and hedge it out, then it's a win. It's just that simple. That's that's just how you have to look at this if you want to be a professional, if you want to be somebody that makes smart money. You want to be somebody that's making smart moves all the time. You've got to look at this in that perspective. You've got to look at this in that mindset. It's not that it will win. It's that I have a chance to make money whether it wins or loses. That's how this has to be looked at if you want to move forward. All right, let's take a look at some of these games on Saturday. I mentioned it, Northwestern Wildcats against Nebraska in Dublin, Ireland. The line opened up at nine and a half. It skyrocketed to 13 and a half. I'm still seeing some 12 and a halves out there right now, uh, but it's just about two touchdowns in favor. Uh, look, Nebraska is getting a lot of money, and I think people expect big things out of Nebraska this year, but Northwestern has one thing that we know year in and year out. That's a pretty good defense. They have uh, an Irish coach, right? I mean, if you're looking for things, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to bet this game, but I, I think laying two touchdowns. I I would love for Nebraska to go out there and win. I'd love for Nebraska to have a huge year. I got a Tommy Frazier jersey hanging up in my office here, right? I mean, I love the idea of Nebraska, but I think the idea of Nebraska has elevated them from what is a reasonable line at nine and a half, which it opened up at, to 13 and a half, which is just now unreasonable. It's just unreasonable. UConn, Utah State. UConn uh, was a 33-point underdog. Now it's 26 and a half in most places. A lot of UConn money. I think that their program is heading in the right direction. I'm not sure if I want to take a stab with them right away. It's a big number. There's no way you get me to bet Utah State. It's a big number for UConn. It's a new program, a new environment. I think people might be getting caught up in that, but I'm only taking the points in that, in that one. Wyoming, Illinois, this was a nine-point spread. People all over Illinois now. It's an 11-point spread. I think the Illini are the right side, uh, but I can't lay double digits with this Illini team. No way, no how. Florida Atlantic is now up to a full touchdown, and it's gone up to seven and a half in some spots against Charlotte. Charlotte, an underrated team. This line opened up at five and a half. I think Charlotte has a chance to win this game. I'm not going to be on it because Florida Atlantic is dangerous, and they're at home, but but this is a, a, a tough, tough game, and I don't like the line movement. I'm not talking about bad line movement. North Texas was minus five. They're now almost a pick em, minus a half in some spots, and there is one spot that does have them as a pick em against UTEP. 
These are two good defensive teams, and North Texas from two years ago has gotten massively better defensively. Two good defensive teams, and, and the line is all over the place. People are absolutely hammering UTEP. I may continue to wait, and if this crosses the zero, maybe I'll be on North Texas. I don't like the line movement at all. Nevada on the road was a 17.5-point opener. They are down to 8.5. You want to talk about line movement against New Mexico. There's a million reasons for it. I think it's settled into this is about where it should be. 8.5 or 9 is a, is a fair number. Hawaii, Vanderbilt, out on the island. And you look at Hawaii, Vanderbilt. Look, uh, this was a pick to open up. Now everyone's on Vanderbilt. It's an SEC team. It has now officially crossed the touchdown number, and it's gone up to eight. There are some spots that it's opening up at eight and a half. Look, the only thing I could say is that it's not just a a fallacy, and it's not just a, a rumor that, you know, things strange, things happen on the island. An offensive coordinator is taking over, a guy that set every record there, and Tommy Chang, he was fantastic. Weird things happen on the island. It's a long trip for Vanderbilt. It's first game of the season. The world is going to be on Vanderbilt. Here's what I'm going to say to you. This is the bailout game. Okay, this is the bailout game on Saturday, and I know it's week one. It's no big deal, but it is the bailout game on Saturday for everybody, which means everybody's going to be betting. If you are in a position, and think about this from a sports betting perspective, and this is how you have to look at the world, sports betting perspective. If you are in a bailout position and you're in a tough spot and you're in a position where, oh, man, I'm down for the day. I'm down. I'm getting crushed. I try to get, do a little college football. Yeah, I bet that that Dublin game. I didn't listen to Tom Barton over there. I, I tried to bet this. Oh, I took took a shot at that UTEP uh, you know, game and oh, North Texas. Oh, that game wasn't good. And you're, you're, you're struggling and you're scrambling and you're looking at one game left, one game left on the board. And that one game left on the board is Vanderbilt at Hawaii. What are you going to take if you are a novice sports better? You will be on Vanderbilt all day long. Ah, an SEC against the Mountain West. An SEC team. Oh, come on. It's the SEC. Oh, it's great SEC. You're going to do it. And you could start to see it already happening already. Uh, nearly 80% of all the tickets are coming in on Vanderbilt. People are already doing it. If you like Hawaii, and I tend to lean Hawaii here. Again, a play I probably won't make. I don't love a new head coach, even if he's at home in this spot. Uh, a lot of pressure on him, a lot, a lot of a lot of determining factors. I'll probably stay away. But if you do like Hawaii, wait until the end. Wait until five minutes before game time. Because this line, like I said, is now has, has crossed the seven. It's crossed the touchdown. It's creeping up. There's eight. There's some eight and a halfs out there. By Saturday afternoon, this will be nine and a half. By game time, it's double digits. I think this goes off as a 10 point. And you can get 10. You get 10 with Hawaii at home, night game, I think you're going to be in a good position. I think you're going to be able to get that 10. I'm not saying that it's a winner, but if you like Hawaii, you're waiting. And if you like Vanderbilt, don't be the bailout guy. Don't wait until then. Don't be the bailout guy that's going to wait until, uh, you know, until game time, until he knows every one of his bets has gone bad that day. No, no, no. Jump on it now. Get a fair line. Maybe you could still get about seven and a half or eight. And don't tell me that there's not a difference between eight and 10 because there is. Uh, even if it might not work out, there are people that hate closing line value. I'm not a, I'm not a a closing line value guy that screams and yells that it's so utterly important and it's so vital. But I do understand the difference between a two point two and a half point spread difference. So yeah, if you like Hawaii, make sure that you wait. Wait this one out. It's going to be the chase game. 
and everyone's going to kind of come over and start chasing. So that's it, guys. It's my college football preview. If I got to give a winner, it's hard to go against Alabama. I think Ohio State's offense is something to keep in mind over, over, over all day. C.J. Stroud makes a lot of sense as the, the Heisman Trophy winner. Even if I don't really like to bet the Heisman here, number one pick in the draft is going to be Will Anderson. He's going to wreak havoc this season. I'm excited. I think we got a lot of young teams coming up, a lot of fun teams, even if they're outside of the Power Five conferences. I'm real interested to see a couple of teams trying to work their way back into prominence, like a Texas, like a Florida State. They are interesting teams to me. Uh, There's a lot of teams that I think are on the growth. A Washington Huskies team comes to mind, a team that is on the precipice of doing something great and maybe a year or two away. So a lot going on in college football. I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. Enjoy it all, guys. We'll be back. And you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.